0: Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So,
1: can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, fight back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Not only
2: is Doug Ford promising to get rid of the gravy train, he's also slashing the campaign bus.
3: Just get yourself free. I hop on the bus, you don 't need to discuss much Just drop
2: off the and get yourself free. Well, there will be no hopping on a campaign bus for us, and as soon as that news came out, the liberals were quick to jump on it with a press release entitled. Conservatives reveal new campaign slogan, Doug Ducks Voters. And here's what Kathleen had to say. Kathleen Wynne. He'll have to be... Asked and he'll have to answer for why why he looks like there's a there's some hiding going on you know um, I think that people will need to understand exactly what that is about but from my perspective it's important the practice of having the media travel and you know there are local media in uh, in every community um, and that's really really important but it's also important for uh, for the the provincial media to have the opportunity to track what's going on in a campaign. Okay. Well, is that what's behind this? Uh, yes, of course. It will limit his exposure, someone, but somewhat. But having reporters on a bus is really an old-fashioned and very expensive way to cover an election. I'm not sure that the leaders would even be able to fill those buses. And and the way it works is that the media pays to be on the buses. As I said, it's very expensive. Uh, I remember even 20 years ago, uh, the people I worked for would not put somebody on the bus for the whole thing. Uh, But uh, if they can't cover their costs, it's the party that ends up paying for it. So Is this a strategic move or a practical move or a bit of both? Uh, We want to hear from you, of course. Does it make any difference to you uh, that it's going to be covered less? Uh, The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 744 740. With me in studio, Bob Richardson, who is senior counsel at National Public Relations and liberal, and Jerry Nichols on the line is a conservative political strategist. Hi, welcome to you both. Hi, Libby. How are you doing?
1: Good afternoon.
2: Okay, we're all here. We're all good. So uh, let's start with you, Bob. You're the Liberal. Is this a matter of uh, Doug Ford trying to duck the nasty Toronto media and get his message more directly to the people in smaller places?
4: I think it was a little bit about what you said earlier. It's a bit of, it's a bit of both, uh, to be true. Technically, I actually think this makes some sense. I think uh, media buses are a bit dated. Uh, when I was at uh, Queen's Park, as a chief of staff, there were probably 40 or 50 members of the press gallery. Today, it's 15. Um, I've done a lot of work in sports. We used to send hundreds of reporters over to cover the Olympics. Now, the IOC streams most of the sports, and a lot of that work is done here in Canada. So, from a technical perspective, I don't think it's that big a deal, and I think it probably makes some sense and makes some sense from a cost perspective. Uh, So, that's on the technical side. On the accountability side, I think there's an issue here. This guy, who's a very uh, you know serious candidate to be the next premier of the province, is the, uh, has the least experience of any premier of the last seven or eight, uh, whether they were conservatives, liberals, or New Democrats. He hasn't spent a minute in the Ontario legislature. He doesn't really know the Ontario government. So I think there does need to be a degree of accountability. His party need to provide access. Uh, the media need to provide the same level of sc- of, of scrutiny that they've provided. Um, Andrea and uh, Kathleen and, and voters need to say, "Hey, where? Who is this guy? What's he about? Do I want to vote for him or not?" So, I think from a, an accountability uh, perspective, it's important. From a technical perspective, it's not that big a deal.
2: You mean he would appear to be more accountable That's if right. he had a bus? Jerry, what's your take on this? Well, I, I agree, with Bob. I, I think um, you know there's an old maxim in
1: politics, um, which is that uh, controlled media is always better than uncontrolled media. In other words, you don't want to put your candidate in a situation where he might have to ad lib or face hostile questions or you know, who knows what might happen. You want to ha- always have him in a situation where he is more or less in control of the messaging because you want to get your message out. You don't want to get it filtered by the media. You don't want him to ad lib and say something off message. So I think in terms of strategy, this probably works well for Ford and that it'll help him have a tight message and I think he needs to have a tight message in this campaign if he's going to succeed and I think he can also tie it into sort of his overall narrative which is to say you know what uh the media doesn't like me and you know I'm going to directly talk to you you people in Ontario you Ontario voters because you're really what matters you know the media is all on the side of the elites they're all on the side of Kathleen Wynne I'm on your side so I think in terms of tactics, it works for him, and I think in terms of overall strategy, it works for him as well.
2: You know, there is another side to the campaign bus thing, and I'm saying that as somebody who's been on campaign buses, and um, it's, you know, yes, it is the very sophisticated Toronto media on the bus, but it is easier for the bus that you're on, for that party, first of all, they can keep you away from things that are negative. There is a limited time where you're kind of in this bubble of the campaign there is very, there are very limited opportunities to talk to actual people, uh, and if the stuff is negative, they can just uh, root you around it. Uh, and um, you know, we all talk to as as I am today to spinners of, of varying stripes. But if you're on the bus, you only talk to conservatives or liberals or NDPers, depending on which bus you are on. So uh, yes, they're avoiding exposure. F- to the Toronto media, but they they also have a certain amount of control because they drive the bus.
1: Yeah, I mean, spinning the media, you know, is as, is as old as politics itself, and it's it, it, and it's kind of an art form. And a lot of these kind of you know caravans of politicians is basically about just. You know, it's like, it's, it's like feeding just the right amount of information every day to keep them satisfied uh, without, without, you know, saying something that will get you in trouble. So it's a little bit of an art form. Nowadays, of course, with social media, you have so many other options and, and, and opportunities to reach out to people through YouTube or Twitter or Facebook that uh, takes away even, even the slightest risk. Uh, that something might go wrong, and I think this is something that which is appealing more and more to politicians and more and more to their communications team, and maybe maybe we're seeing that sort of reflected in, in this uh, in this decision by the Ford camp.
2: Well, and and you know I have to say that that covering the leadership race, um, the news the the only place to find actual news that was new was on Twitter. And, uh, you know, I've, I've uh, you know, instructed my staff that for the course of this election, you better be on Twitter all the time, because it's not going to come in the traditional places.
4: Well, you know, I think it's interesting, too. I talked to a couple of veteran, sort of seasoned reporters this morning, and and, and their reaction was, uh, careful what you wish for. Because when you are on a bus, you do tend to be yeah. in a bit of a cocoon for that period of time. You're getting your stories from uh, the wagon master, you're, you're, you're covering only one candidate. Um, if there is no bus, you may get people popping in and out, uh, less sort of allegiance to the campaign or less focused on the campaign, and they may be reporting on things entirely different than what you uh, what you were hoping for. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out.
2: Oh, and that doesn't, you know, it, it, I mean, this is inside baseball media, but I remember, I forget which, it was probably a Harper campaign, jumping in, and um, I was interested in in something totally different than what the, you know, the CTV reporter did. And talk about Daggers that I had the nerve to ask the question and follow up with the with what I wanted to. So it, there there's a whole thing, and and you know so there are there's media and there's media and and uh, our agenda is probably different than than the big networks and yeah it's but I, it's different different era I, now. I
4: think the trick here for the conservatives is not to appear to be hiding. You know if they're streaming stuff regularly, if there's regular access to their candidate, if he's doing in interviews, and um, as he did after he became leader, I don't think this will be a deal. If they try to sort of uh, hustle him into the trunk of the car, uh, I'm not so sure that, that uh, that'll work so well.
2: Uh, okay. Uh, Jerry, I mean, uh, you know, to my eyes, Doug Ford has been fairly disciplined. He ha- hasn't gone off on any wild tangents as far as, as I can see. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, so far, so good. I mean, I think so. Uh, he, he he's sort of uh, carried himself very well.
1: Um, of course, he has not yet really hit the the pressure point of a campaign, and 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 everything changes once a campaign is underway. Everything becomes a lot more stressful. Everything becomes, everything goes under a microscope, and of course, he's going to have to deal with the liberals who are sort of masters at sort of the attack ad campaign strategy. So he's going to come under a lot of attack, and then we'll see. Um, I think that this is the I think this is the biggest challenge for the Ford campaign is to make sure that Doug Ford stays on message, uh, that he stays on focus, and he doesn't sort of react to outside attacks, because that that could really put him off the rails.
4: And I I think this is also, they're doing this in response to the fact that Doug has not spent a minute in Ontario politics, you know, in the legislature, as a minister, as an MPP, as a parliamentary assistant. He doesn't know the issues as well as his opponents do. I think I think it's fair to say that that is just a fact. His budget response, he got the numbers wrong. Uh, he had a tough CBC interview. But by and large, I think he's done a pretty good job overall, but uh, he's going to have to up his game in terms of knowledge of some, some of the issues related Directly
2: to Ontario politics. Can you remind uh, us what what did he actually get wrong?
4: Uh, it was a, a how much uh, a family was going to pay for taxes. Oh right,
2: right. That he, was the he, uh... he got
4: that that number wrong, and he had a tough interview with a CBC reporter mm-hmm. in Ottawa. That w- was, in my opinion, a, I thought it was a little. It, it she went at him pretty hard right right from the get go. All that being said, I think he's done a pretty good job. Um, you know. Uh, staying out of trouble. His problem is he doesn't know what he doesn't know on Ontario politics, and they're going to have to work on that over the next period of time.
1: Jerry? Well, I think, yeah, I think Doug Ford is a real wild card in this race, because he doesn't have that track record, he doesn't have a legislative record. Uh, We don't really know what to expect from this guy. You know, Maybe at one time I would have said, oh, he has no experience. Forget it. Uh, Donald Trump's show, you don't really have to have a lot of experience. I mean, here's a guy that never even ran for dog catcher. got himself elected president of the United States. So I think, you know, in this day and age, um, you know, when sort of the populist mood is sort of brewing in this province, I think Doug Ford, I don't think he has to really worry too much about the issues. I just think he has to stick to his overall narrative. I think the, the basic public mood in this province right now is people don't like win, and they want change. So really, all Doug Ford has to say is, "I'm not Kathleen Wynne, and I represent change." If he can stick to that sort of simple message, and I think he's, I think he's got a good chance.
2: Yeah, the rest of his message is, uh, "Come on, people! Don't you think I can find four cents on the dollar?" Uh, I, I just want to bring, before we get to the phones, I would just want to bring up the, that. CBC funding thing. So, he made what some people said was a gaffe, where he said maybe we can find some money for in cutting the CBC. And the uh, left take on that was like, you see how ignorant he is. He doesn't even know that the CBC is funded federally, not provincially. And then his people actually came out and said, ah, he was just trying to make a joke. So so which is it, Bob, that he didn't know or he was making a joke or does it even matter? Now,
4: I, I I, saw the tape. I thought it was a bit of a stretch saying he didn't know that the CBC is in Ottawa. And, and I'm, I'm no Doug Ford fan, but uh, but I thought it was a bit of a stretch. So uh, I, I would suggest I think his staff were probably right on this one.
1: Jerry? Well, yeah, I, I don't think it really matters. I, I think to, to, to Ford's, they, they're probably happy. He said that they want him to attack the CBC. This is the kind of thing they they but want. But he can't to hear.
2: cut them. <laughs> yeah, is, Justin Trudeau is increasing their budget. Well, they, yeah. Don't confuse the issue with facts. Okay, sorry. I mean, we're talking
1: about a political narrative here. We're talking about what he wants to say, and you know, his the facts and all the the issues and all that stuff. In the big picture, they don't really matter so much. What matters is the overall, you know, the overall simple message of the Ford campaign. What what people will hear for there is, I don't like the CBC, and that'll mobilize his base. The people who don't like Ford, you know, they'll attack him for all that, but Ford doesn't care what they think, right? He cares about mobilizing his base. He cares about reaching out to those Ontarians who are saying, "Yeah, we want change, we're fed up with wind. And those little interviews, those little gaffes, I don't think they will really amount to much. The only thing that might hurt Ford is if the liberals can sort of create a narrative, a counter-narrative, that Ford is incompetent. That he's, that he's, that he's, he that he he can handle the finances of this province if they can do that, then that might, might be able to blunt uh, for its populist
3: appeal
2: okay <laughs> uh, and again just before I take the the calls, um, what about the narrative that he is really planning to make massive cuts? Uh, That's what the Liberals and and the NDP are are saying, that despite what he says about the four cents on the dollar, he's going to make massive cuts. Is is that something, Bob, that can find resonance? Well,
4: it it may in time. I mean, if you take a look at the Ontario uh, government budget, 70% of it is health and education. So it's easy to say, I'll cut six, I'll cut $10 billion off of a $150 billion budget. You take health and education out of the way, and you start going through line by line, that's a way different uh, and much tougher effort. Ask Mike Harris, ask Ernie Eves, ask Dalton McGinty or a variety of other people who tried to do it. So uh, this is a guy who really doesn't know that much about the Ontario government, hasn't had the experience, isn't prepared to cut health care by his own admission or education. You start to look at that, mm, his numbers don't really add up at this point.
2: Okay, uh, let's go to the phones. As promised, John and Barry. Hello, John. Hello. You're on the air. Go ahead.
5: Yeah, your uh, first guest, uh, the liberal that uh, came out with what he said, a lot of of what uh, you hear about Doug Ford is that he's a uh, big question mark. Nobody knows anything about him. Almost like saying south of the border is uh, Donald Trump. And going forward... By taking the buses out, the media bus out, you basically take away the um, peop- people uh, such as Wynn trying to put a uh, a media person, someone maybe from this radio station on the bus that likes the roast, and putting in, taking the story and taking it the other direction than where it's supposed to be, and uh, putting in a lot of questionable thoughts into people's uh, heads that are trying to make up their mind between what's out there, which isn't a lot. Almost looks like a, a movie movie skit.
2: Okay, thanks for your call. You're um, welcome. As I said, uh, I certainly would not elect to put somebody on a bus full-time. It's just too, too expensive. Waste of money. Um,
3: let's go to Joyce in Scarborough. Hi, uh, Joyce. Hi, hi Libby. Unlike um, the um, query that he has no legislative experience, well we've had 15 years of wind and our economy is in the toilet and like so much for legislative experience now i'm waiting to see i don't care about bus or no bus but uh but her like uh, like we've seen um wind's people are are uh well uh they're rabbits that like to get onto uh, he doesn't want to see the people because he's not getting a bus. How clever! But guess what? I'm fed up, and like the rest of the electorate, uh, we're we're in trouble. We need somebody. Okay, maybe it's Ford, maybe it's Horvath, but never—and I mean never, never—liberal, both provincial and federal. Uh, they just don't. They—I uh, don't know. They're in la la land. Okay, Joyce, thanks
2: for that. Thanks. Okay. Uh yeah, so uh I guess Jerry that's the message he has to stick to that he is the change. Yeah, exactly. I think this, this is the winning
1: message for Ford and you know it reminds me of the of the last federal election when the conservatives kind of threw at, at at Justin Trudeau, he has no experience, he's not ready for the job, you know, he we can't trust him. Uh none of that affected Trudeau at all. It it, it didn't seem to bring down his numbers. Why? Because people in the, in, in the country, I think, just said, we want a new guy, and Trudeau's a new guy, we'll go for him. And I think the same sort of scenario unfolded in the United States. We want a new guy, we want somebody who's different, Trump is different, we'll take him. And I think that's kind of the template that, that Ford's going to
2: use. I actually think with Trudeau that the conservatives may have contributed because they, they so got people to lower their expectations of Justin Trudeau who even Brian Mulroney said, "Do not underestimate him," and he's so he he was so much better than what his opposition said he was, even in the campaign, that I think it, it contributed to the victory. And I think there might be some kind of Ford version of that. I Bob, I completely
4: agree with you on that. I uh, full disclosure. Uh Co chair John Tory's campaign for mayor up against Doug Ford. And let me tell you, he is a tough, tough candidate. And people forget he got 330,000 votes in the city of Toronto. He won 20 out of 44 wards. This guy is a tough candidate. So if you, I would not go into this race if I were the Liberals trying to lower expectations on him. I'd be trying to raise expectations on him because in actual fact, he's been a performer. He performed in the mayoralty races. He performed in the leadership. He is not going to fall off the turnip truck here. Uh, <laughs> this guy is uh, a pretty good operator and uh, it's going to be a tough election. And they uh, and they shouldn't be lowering the bar for him. They should be trying to raise the bar, in my opinion.
1: Jerry? Well, I think the challenge for the liberals is how do exactly do you attack this guy? Um, because he, he, he's kind of attack-proof in the sense that all the bad stuff everybody knows about him already, and they've kind of discounted that stuff already. Um, so it's going to be hard for the liberals to do their usual kind of attack jo- job stuff, the, the way they did to Hudak, for instance. Um, you know, they're going to talk about you know he's going to gut the public service or whatever, and I think all Ford has to say is well you can't trust Win. Right, you can't trust her. She's she's not trustworthy, and because people already don't like Win, they're probably going to buy that message. That's the message that's that that can resonate with them. That's why I think the sort of the liberal standby negative attacks might have a tougher time this uh, uh, during this election.
2: Um, final thing, uh, you know, he runs around saying, we did it at City Hall, we cut a billion dollars. There are very credible people who argue with that number. It's been out, it's been reported many times. Also, Bob does not seem to make any difference at all.
4: You know what? Uh, first of all, the number is complete nonsense. Uh, and uh, a variety on the left and the right have gone through it. What I don't get is they actually did do a pretty decent job cutting some of, the, uh, some of the things. And instead of pointing to that, they come up with this fictitious number that's wrong. And then they end up having to defend that. So I think he needs to stay away from nonsense like that and focus on what he did do. And there are some things in there that, you know, you could credibly as a conservative leader say, hey, I did this, this and this. And there are good things to point to. Uh, but, you know, I think where he gets himself into, uh, into uh, trouble is if the nonsense brigade takes over, and there's a series of these sort of things, because then people can begin questioning how competent you are to be leader of the
2: province. Okay, uh, we're uh, wrapping things up on this uh, segment. Uh, Free For All Friday is coming up tomorrow. Jerry, what would you like to leave us with? Well, I do think it's going to be a very interesting election to watch. Um... um the
1: sort of the, the the populist versus the savvy tough political operator in Kathleen Wynn so yeah get your popcorn it should be it should be a good show
2: <laughs> okay and bob
4: I, I, I completely agree with Jerry. I think this one is going to be uh, epic. And uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't entirely uh, write uh, our friend Andrea Horvath out yet either. She's tough. She's been around for three or four elections. And uh, we may uh, see some interesting things from her, too, as well.
2: Okay. And uh, we will be on it uh, for the duration. And as far as I'm concerned, it's already on. It is. Okay. Thank you so much, to Jerry Nichols and Bob Richardson. We are going to take a quick break. Break, and when we come back we are going to have some important information for your health right after this happy
0: birthday to you hey Bye. where's mom going she hasn't even opened her presents well son she just turned 65 which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. what yep an eye exam now costs her nothing and she can get 30 percent off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses wow so can we cut the cake now You betcha.
1: No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.